and welcome to the Game Dev London podcast. My guest today is... Jimmy Dance. And I'm Wells Toplin. Hi, Jimmy. So, uh, so Jimmy is the co-owner and founder of uh, Loading Bar, who are kind of legends of the London game dev scene, um, as well as amongst, you know, players and fans of games. Uh, it's located in Dalston. Uh, it's a games bar where you can meet up with your friends, you can have a drink, make some new friends, uh, and make use of the amazing collection of uh, games and games consoles. So they have all the major consoles, they have retro consoles, uh, and there's more than 60 tabletop games as well. Uh, they have a menu of games-themed cocktails and the usual uh, wines, beers and spirits. Uh, Loading also hosts a number of launch nights for games um, from some of the biggest publishers as well as indie showcases and other fun games-themed events. Uh, and game devs love it. We, you know, love to work there. Uh, games journos, other, other kind of games people love to work there and play there. There's even a signature coffee blend. Um, and there's also another loading bar uh, in Brighton as well, which, uh, which I hope we'll hear a, a, a bit more about as well today. Uh, and at, at one point, there were also uh, plans for um, a third location, which again, we'll, we'll get to discuss in this episode. Um, but obviously the big concerns right now for, uh, for the hospitality industry and for uh, nightlife in general in the UK um, in, in light of current lockdown, um, which has been going now for about three months. Um, but to, to get started, we'll, we'll kind of come to those issues. Um, but let's get started by talking a bit about uh, Loading Bar in general. Um, so Jimmy, if you can tell me a bit about how Loading Bar came to be and what you what you wanted from, from the bar. Yeah, I mean, your intro did a pretty good job. Um, it's my most hated thing from doing different tech incubators and things. People are like, cool, explain it. And you're like, um, I should know, but I don't. Um, luckily now as it's gone on, like, so probably 2009 was when I had like a bit more than just an idea, I guess, and was looking at property. Um, and it was off the back of a film degree, which was great. It got me out of the house, meant I moved. Um, learned how to be an adult to some degree. Um, then I was working as a chef, but the film industry, I didn't really, I really couldn't afford to go work for free. So the whole, like that, the way the pyramid worked just didn't work for me. So as I was working, I started to look at what did I know how to do? What was I into? Like, what could I do? And that was where I'd seen some gaming bars in Japan and was like, oh, could, could that, could I do something like that over here? And then, Originally, the plan was do a year. So I was like, okay, 12 months. If I don't make any money, I'll swap. I'll do something else. But um, it would mean my CV would look a bit more interesting. Like I'd have done something. So the mm -hmm. idea was, okay, cool. I can vaguely pretend I'm a manager if I've been mm -hmm. a manager myself. Um, and then, yeah, I opened that in March 2010, which is a lifetime ago now. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it kind of evolved and bits just kind of got added on as it's come along. So there was always the plan to like mix hospitality like video games um kind of a place for gaming culture i think was my like, like line on the business plan when i was trying to be slick and show it to people it was like all oh, the facets of gaming culture um and yeah slowly really really great about it is that it incorporates the gaming culture into kind of everything you do you know because there are mm. there are a few bars now that that attempt to kind of shove a few consoles out there and go okay it's a gaming bar now 
Um, but like even, you know, with things like the, the cocktail menu, it, it kind of reflects games culture in that way. So if you've never been to Loading Bar, they have cocktails called things like uh, Assassin's Mead um, and Skyrim. Uh, and it's it's kind of making sure that every every aspect of it is is speaking to that love of games. Yeah, I think that was where there was I think just kind of what I was into. So because I was into games, it was the things we tended to work with were like the companies or the games I was into. So mm-hmm. if it was like Petra and IGN, it was because I listened to IGN. So it was. Um, that's why I was, I guess, willing to do it and reach out to those people and do it in that way rather than, yeah, like you said, kind of the more traditional, put some arcades in a place or have it as like an add-on. Um, and then, yeah, I think early on, uh, it was about like city workers, like you had like pubs for people that worked in banking or like different industries had those places that like you'd have certain uh, like iconic gig venues or places that tried to push, I guess, those sectors forward that I was like gaming didn't seem to have like I think Game City had been around a couple of years by that point but there were very few things like Games London didn't exist where it's like there should really be a thing for that niche or that pocket so that's where like as it's gone on that's what I've tried to kind of do more of and stick to and it's been quite nice because it's been around a while now you've got different people I guess have come to like a party then gone on to work in a game thing to I guess it like loops back on itself that they want to run an event because they sat and did co-working four years ago and it's quite nice to see like how it spins off or what things develop and how it's grown I guess. Yeah I think there are like there have been some sort of like cult nights that have had their you know have been shaped by Loading Bar and obviously you get these amazing uh like launch events as well Mm. um which are really um yeah the publishers seem to to really sort of care about getting that right as well how how did you make your connections with those publishers um yeah it definitely came along over time so probably a year in was when i started really reaching out to kind of explain what i was doing in cornwall and ask mainly for just like a free game or something or i could see you started to see events where they would create merch or do something but that tended to be very like just for the press so they whatever it might be build this elaborate set and then it would be like 20 journalists and that's it and I think that's what's changed in games now with like community managers there is a community manager for like every game now there wasn't before of this like for me it was always the public like real people like they're the ones that are buying this stuff if you're going to build or do something why not do a bit of both like push the people that have bought every game regardless are the ones you really want to look after and I think now that like social media's blown up since then it's a lot easier for those companies to be like oh like let's just talk to our fans direct we don't need to do the more like what i would have thought back in the day was like more wasteful as well like it didn't hit who it needed to hit um so yeah it was about slowly tracking down so for the early days i guess it was ea capcom there were certain prs that i think i would do a much worse job than you did the intro of like oh hey we're doing this thing like public come in they play it it would be cool to show your game off or can we get a demo of it and you'd get the odd person that would be like oh i get it like that's cool yeah do what you want like yeah sure if it goes out a day early that's good for us you do it and like as the years have gone on just luckily for me like so many more places are just like yeah yeah totally get it i know what you're saying like yes this has value and i think early on it was about convincing them 
um, like it basically costs them nothing. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you do it? And I guess to yeah. some people that's that sounds like a weird pitch or too good to be true. And then the reverse was, I think a lot of people were like, it didn't have a specific person. So it would be if that job, per, that person was busy, like they've got a million more important things to do than like outreach in that way. But I think they've seen over time, it, the one person that gets that one nice event that just happens to be there and get, I don't know, a free like t-shirt and some other bits, they will talk about that you know, for years onwards of like, oh, I got to see this thing early. Um, and that's the bit I definitely get the most joy from is seeing that access. So a demo or someone that was never going to get that interaction to get yeah. to like see something and have a small, I guess, a small taste of that. Like what used to exist at like E3 or like the mild glamour of, you know, you get to see yeah. something a bit early and yeah, I think they spread the word. And now it's a lot easier because yeah, community managers, events, like, there's a lot more, ways you can go about it i think before it was just tracking down the right person and annoying them enough for them to say like okay here's some stuff and doing a lot off our own back that's still like i think where like different things have done well like game city or like they're always like labors of love so that's where you just try and take maybe what they give you and do as good a job as possible so what could we do with a demo or with a party if they've got no budget it's like okay cool we'll like we'll do that because we can make our money back in a different way so trying to mm -hmm. like partner up i think we've it's, we've never done like a pitch going we need x amount of money we will do this it's always like what do you need like okay can we work together how can we make that as good a event as possible which mm -hmm. means the parties are good not so good for my bank balance but um <laughs> like it's just it's how it's been able to grow in that way that i think people just pick up on if everyone's in it and it really has, yeah and it really has grown as well because you know you've you've opened now in brighton as well was that um how many years ago was that that you opened in brighton uh good question i think we're coming to year three and a half now yeah um, and yeah brighton was about uh like a different city it's got developed again it's i guess looking at london back then had that like game dev scene and trying to go where it is and as we've kind of built it over time yeah go to somewhere that's not ludicrously expensive and like see how it goes and it's been good um to do it i guess in a different city and you don't have like it's still it's a whole different group of game developers and it's a whole different group of publishers and it's it's nice to do it somewhere different we've seen the more and more we get pestered to do things in like another city so i think as you mentioned like london there's a lot of places that do different versions of what we would do so i think there is that demand now like work from home there isn't just i think back when i started it was pretty much you need to be in london because that's where everything is and now mm -hmm. people can work from home they can work remote um like the whole contractor thing there's obviously a whole host of mini studios you don't need to have your office in london to stick a game on steam and make money so um and people yeah, are definitely, definitely making the games in in the bars as well which is you know yeah yeah um do you We've know events that have kind of gone from from the start to the end? Uh, start to finish, I don't. I mean, the weirdest one is you'll get people that mention like, "Oh, thanks, I read it in the bar," and <laughs> I'd have no clue. Like, there's some people you'd see a lot, you recognise, and there's others about. Really, you made like you did some work in the. I don't know when that was, but like, hey, do you want to thank us for it? Um, so, like, I think rains, like. Um, mm they were saying like oh like we did a load of work um and then there's a couple of over the alps that just came out that's like a notable because they brought all their team 
mm. in um and then others we've had like job interviews happen or yeah. bits and pieces say um it's always quite weird you never know like a few come out and do really well so it's weird seeing like which ones like i would have no clue which ones would like blow up in that way or which ones people like i think there's definitely a correlation to the more humble the person usually the more mm -hmm. unlikely like they're the ones that get massive so it's like you wouldn't really have seen it whereas the people that are like check out my tech demo <laughs> tend to fall by the wayside so um yeah, there's no exact science of which ones blow up um but it's nice like to like have given them a space or if they're like i met a composer or i met an artist that's still like yeah i love that stuff and if it's a game it might not be their first game but like we'd have hello games used to come in and play street fighter and soho so obviously that was when they were doing joe danger then it meant when no man's sky was blowing up before it came out we could like pester them and that's why we did the midnight launch and could do the drinks generator so it's those like long-term it could be like their third game that might become this massive thing you never the joy of games i guess you never really know like which ones will be a hit which ones won't and to be able to like oh yeah we work with them for this other thing so i guess you definitely don't want to turn down any opportunities um and why yeah people want to work we're like yep go for it because <laughs> give us a thank you put a reference in there somewhere um that works for me and uh and how did you uh how did you come to have a coffee blend uh, uh i mean obviously that's fuel that's fuel for people yeah it's a good weirdly it's when i was down in cornwall i think I don't know whether I just got, I can't work out whether I got the sales rep on a good day or a bad day. So I was speaking to Origin Coffee that were really big in the Southwest. And um, I guess because it was quite a small little cafe that I started with, so 30 seats, it was never going to be like a mega account for this poor coffee rep. But he like came in, was chatting to me. And yeah, he just had a moment where he was saying, like, if it's raining and someone gets off the bus and they see a cafe that's got our coffee, like, they'll go there because it's... Yeah they know that brand they're like oh, i really like it it's a good and he's like whether you make it amazingly or not they're not going to come to you so yeah he just kind of went you've got like this nice branding and this thing why don't you just do like if you have your one they have to like they'll come to you and there's a bit more like work on that so yeah it was one of those moments where someone far smarter than me like that thing of just growing <laughs> as you you know it made sense i was like yeah you're right like why bother buying like a Lavat or something where he's like they can get that anywhere and even though yours might be better you can make it well mm. it doesn't work for you so yeah it just came around that he tipped me off and then I spent a bit of time found a company and then yeah it definitely it again gave me something that when we were down in Cornwall it was something I could send to people so mm. at the time being kind of like remote in geographical terms it was a really nice like I'll send you this thing so you can like see what it is, find out about it, and then to sell it online at the time, again, it was just through social media. I found the person that worked at Firebox and was like, How much like what's your markup? Are you interested? And then they just asked what the story was. And because I guess we were I pitched it as like it's a real place. And at the time there weren't many coffees that existed that were like, You can come check that out. It does exist. We we sell it, we drink it um compared to the old era of like i don't know um nest cafe or like there's never been a nest cafe <laughs> yeah. coffee shop in that way so yeah, i think yeah, yeah. um and now i guess most places just do their own blend so it was yeah oh it's a really it's a really good blend though I mean, it's, like yeah. listen to people and that's been like when we added board games i think it's about um 
like chat to people that do stuff and with the co-working when we moved to London there was originally an idea for like this very formal like oh you should do hot desking you should do desk hire and it was luckily it was basically indie devs that told me a few of them that were well established right look I if I have enough money to have an office I don't want I deliberately don't have an office because I don't want to work Monday to Friday in the same place. They were like, whatever you offer me, I come here because it's a good, and like that really pushed me away from like, oh, like there isn't necessarily what people think you would want. Like they all want a hot desk. They want, it's like, no, nah, people just, that wasn't, we're like, okay, don't pivot to um, like professional co-working. That's why we enjoy just having the bar when it's not open in the daytime, like use it. It's it's kind of fluid, isn't it? You know, yeah, it works. You, and you can work, and then next thing you know, you're like maybe perusing the menu. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think you know, like Yuki works that way. That drop in, it's just one of those things that obviously we work famously just now has hit mega problems of like that odd. <laughs> the people saying it needs to exist, it yeah. turns out if you talk to the right people, they're like maybe it doesn't need to exist in that way. So I'm like, oh, okay, we don't need like office facilities people have got their laptops their macbooks like yeah they just want to be able to move around and that makes sense i guess to be able to just tomorrow go somewhere else and not feel like you're wasting money and yeah yeah that's part of just yeah i guess the benefits of being able to chat to what i would call like real people rather than like market research where i'm sure Mm -hmm. lots of people would say i'd love an office with you know private meeting rooms and would they ever use it we'd see so and uh your your famous cocktail menu how do you uh how do you come up with the cocktails is it is it kind of name first and then you kind of go what would that drink be like or yeah it's you ends up usually being name led i kind of when we first started it was about looking at what was online so there are a few places doing kind of some little bits of photography so that was like right what would be our our like niche and i kind of centered on trying to pick stuff that was about big brands and like the names being less um even though it's as nerdy as it gets like not being so niche so i was like i don't really want to they're do iconic the they? power up from a game because my my point my thinking was like you want someone that and that was always when i started the cafe because the places i'd worked had always been quite not generic but appealing to the broadest set of people so it was about if I do a drink, I was like, people know Assassin's Creed. They wouldn't know necessarily it's about, you know, the nuances of what that game was. So that's where the drinks was my kind of self-imposed rule of like, okay, can I do so that like anyone gets it? Um, So where we did Dare Sex on the Beach for Sex on the Beach, like, okay, if you don't know that, you know the cocktail. And over time, I've definitely broken that rule for different things to be like, yeah, it doesn't work. We can't make a thing. But that was where it began of, does it work for like uh, what we had as like a mainstream person that's like they only buy a couple of games do they know mm-hmm. that game if not is it like we didn't want it to be that if you read the menu you feel like excluded talk down to or like mm-hmm. i have no clue what any of this is so we were like the more you could stay near um a drink people knew so whatever mojito or um that worked so um do you have a personal yeah, was, favorite uh i've still got a soft spot for the gnt virus just because it was like the first proper one where like the them being official was accidental that we did a few and then that's where capcom were the first to say just pick a game like do what you want send it to us you can make one and then after that it was quite nice to just do 
to get asked over the years to do launch parties or different drinks. Um, that one started it, and then they e we've eased off recently just because I kind of went through everything I could come up with for like <laughs> set fire. We did like, um, and we've got a new website coming. So as part of that, we're going to put a whole load of the recipes up as like an archive for people because um, awesome. they've been everywhere, but they've kind of been scattered across the internet. So I, I thought we'll bring those together. We're going to shoot. Like there's a few games we've never done that we probably should do. So like Dark Souls needs to go in there. Um, so we're going to shoot a few, like reshoot new ones, but in the old method and put those up. So, um, That's yeah, cool. with lockdown, I guess there's been a bit of a chance to like come out of retirement and look at those things that uh, what could we offer that weren't like you can just make that at home if you're not yeah. based in London or Brighton. Why? Why exclude like people that are obviously if you're in a different country you're probably never gonna necessarily come to London so it was like what can we offer so, yeah put those out put them up online and see see how they do that's an interesting point though do you think like tourists coming to London like maybe pick up on the fact that Legend Bar is there and and we definitely get a couple there? like outside Xbox and like RKG would be too like we get very specific customers that are like, yeah. I came here because I saw they stream from here or um, those guys talk about it on a podcast. I came and that's, I think for some, originally with some game stuff, like definitely with like your YouTubers or like content creators, I guess a lot of people, there isn't a way apart from your trade shows, like you can't interact with that stuff. So we do incredibly well out of that. Like, I want to come here because I've seen them sit here and whatever, like, they film it. And that's certainly been, like, it wasn't a master plan at the start of, like, no, oh, this so makes us, like, this works. But it's been that thing of, um, like, we've never done an influencer campaign of, like, oh, can we pay you to sit and post an Instagram thing? Like, the streaming and bits usually came by, we had a space or the kit and those like happy accidents so they shout it out because they come in and you you get those people come and come over because i guess they've also watched it and it's like oh i've seen them for years talk about it so you, there's an element of that and that's something um like yeah we've tried to build on as that like and the benefit of say dalston having been there so long it's always come up when we've looked to move of like you the longer you're in somewhere the better it is like that provenance of like oh that was where that happened so i guess it, you do want to try and become like a little bit of a landmark of people want to go check it out just to see what it Absolutely, was or like yeah. oh, i watched this video or that's i've seen those drinks um yeah yeah the new the new website um that's the idea to kind of expand that and offer something to those people that would know it but we're not going to sell a drink to in that way so hopefully that works we'll see with yeah. like trying to make it more of an online thing as well um yeah yeah so yeah let's let's uh now we've had we've had a drink let's uh yeah. talk about um obviously the kind of big issue of the moment yeah um so obviously since um since march everyone's mm -hmm. been on lockdown um and bars and shops uh sorry bars and cafes have been closed some bars have been able to do a uh, sort of delivery service um but basically uh yeah a whole industry is uh 
kind of in crisis at the moment. Um, so we, we first, uh, kind of going back to February, I don't know if you can really remember February at this point, yeah, I'm yeah. struggling, but, um, but that's when we first started to kind of realize, you know, that something, something big was coming. Um, yeah. and do you remember like the events of the time? Do you remember sort of checking the papers every day? Was it something, could you yeah, I mean, imagine being here now? So, um, yeah, like as it like as it was obviously picking up we had a few events that it was it obviously seeing different companies approaches to some things were just blanket like well we're not doing anything like very i guess like ahead of the game like they were just like oh no no because what and i think a lot of that early on was very like marketing led of like oh well if someone gets ill mm -hmm. imagine that and we were like yeah. i don't think that's going to be the problem it's going to be like what would happen and then like i know for a few different places like probably the week before lockdown most most bars like it was one of our busiest weeks was just i guess some people were obviously going out to last hurrah um we shut about a week before because i think it was the 23rd from memory yeah. like there was before they shut everything we knew like we wanted to shut at the point because by that stage you were into um what i would have thought was like more like the you know a lot of places tried to go we'll keep it really clean like we're here for you and mm -hmm. um we obviously you could see by that point you were you know that would have been a bit like we'd have been open to make some money or try it but it wasn't gonna make sense we were like we need to shut because the quicker we shut ideally the point was like cool the quicker mm -hmm. it gets sorted so um for us annoyingly we kind of spent the tail end of last year start of this year like tidying all our accounts up getting like let's build up a pool of money let's get everything sorted um like 2020 new year um, which was good because it meant we had some money pooled and obviously the lockdown hit um it was quite nice um like the grants they announced were yeah. more than we would have expected so right okay yeah there was definitely a scope for nothing so i know i posted it and got in trouble with a few friends for like that reads very um like tory like thank <laughs> the government i was like it wasn't really that it's just um like what they put together i think because it was 25,000 if your business rates were over a certain amount, 10,000. Um, like for some places, I mean, you could have expected nothing. The furlough scheme obviously was great for staff. The, um, I think 80% is like, it's livable, I think, to be, to be locked down. Um, so from our perspective, there was that gap in between of maybe a week before they did the grants and then obviously how long those grants before they kicked in. But that was... Um, I have to say, I didn't. My business partner's way more finance than me, so she was like news every day, a lot more on it. I was um, hopelessly, optim hope hopelessly optimistic of like <laughs> they'll announce. I was more like they'll announce something, and it was because I mean, even now with the reopening, you've got every day is like, yeah, we haven't quite clarified that. We'll do. I think there's a balance between like what you could plan for. So I think when everything's shut, we kind of forecast. I think at the time a minimum three months I was like look it's not going to be quicker than that it's naive if you put because a few places were like oh four weeks like five mm -hmm. I was like let's go three months yeah it should be and obviously now in hindsight probably still another month I mean for us we've now done another forecast which was you know you're just kind of making things up of again I think we're looking at we would kind of need it to go back to normal by like September time I think you just can't really expect too much mm -hmm. 
in between because I think whether people will go out um, for like our audience, I would say just gauging social media, like probably like 70, 30, most mm -hmm. people would say it's too quick. Um, so for us, we were reopening like booking only and not really, it's why we didn't do takeaway or anything in the middle because it was just like, let's just shut, wait, like see what develops, do it afterwards. Um, the main reason to open I think around now is, and for most places we'll just be landlords that you can probably get away with three months and those grants I think would have covered most places for that period. Um, it's pretty clear they're not going to do anything else, um, which, I guess it's fine. Like it is what it is. I, I don't think. I know a few places have gone really. Like, I don't know how much you can complain. It's just like we so, work in hospitality. Um, yeah. So, so on the, the balance. Fourth, on the fourth of July, you you're gonna open to. Uh, yeah, we'll do. Uh, yeah, we'll kind of open and do bookings only, just to kind of limit like who could come in. I mean, if you wanted me to bet, I would say it'll be so quiet anyway. Um, I wouldn't expect to see very much. Um, but um, that, yeah, we kind of ran different budgets and worked out like, because the key is just, I guess, how long. And I think the the other schemes they bought out were great, but they were things like defer your VAT, which for us, luckily, again, I've got someone that's really on it for budgeting. So the VAT they let you defer, we'd already saved, but I know a lot of businesses wait till the VAT bill comes in and they're like, Oh, this weekend we've had, so I think you're going to see a lot of, like, it's not really now, it'll be in like three to six months time, how places really, like, where can cope with it, how it works, um, and just whether people go out in the same way, I think. Um, so could someone make a, can people, do people have to be a minimum number to make a booking? Um, no, no, it's still, we're doing like anything, so I think again that was one of those rules that haven't been fully explained with the it's supposed to be two households so I guess it shouldn't be like mm. more than a few people anyway and I think at the moment they're debating in parliament like outside seating and different licenses so um, is that something you've looked at outside seating yeah we looked um, I think Brighton luckily we've already got the decking it's on the beach <laughs> so that's fine I think London it's pavement seating and like does it really work? Again, it's like I'd much rather just lock everything down for a bit longer. Because like, that costs when, my... you, when you're open and running. But... And like, even if for London, like I can go do it. So I guess I'm free if it's like you're doing not very much. That's why a lot of places near us in Dalston that stayed open, it was like the person that ran the business just making coffee and you just sort of amble your way through because I guess anything you make is better. But yeah, once you've got staff, that's why with the furlough scheme for us everyone that was salaried mm. we could bring them back but there's not much we'd rather because if you open and what you do a month you make nothing it's sort of mm -hmm. it's better for them to stay and just they get their salary and if by like july we have a better idea like okay like it's starting to go back to normal because um i live near westfield and that's packed so i guess it's mm -hmm. it's seeing what what people do because yeah i mean i wouldn't be going out because just I've been saving money so it's like <laughs> I, I would like I do wonder like of everybody is that thing of if you've been like everyone that was furloughed for a while was great because I think rents got deferred for some people and you're obviously not spending on your commute your but if that runs out and then yeah you've got like, this whole industry that that's a lot of people that then don't have money that would have spent money somewhere else um, 
yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Like for us, I think yeah, there's a few more months. You just kind of yeah, I guess the joys of having worked in games where everything's last minute and a little bit winged. Um, <laughs> you seem quite resilient. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think there's not much. That's where it would probably stop people. Like it would stop me going insane that you could wait and then tomorrow to so say with those grants. I got very lucky that I was like, they'll do something because they're bound to, that then it kicked in. It's like, oh, but the week before is like, there's not much you can do um, around those things. Like, I think you'll go crazy, obviously living on Google or like those daily conferences were a nightmare for like yeah. anything. Like, oh, nothing. And obviously, yeah, I think a few different places within advising, like don't look at the news every day if you're having problems because it doesn't really help you so I think I'm going for ignorance is bliss and it's worked this far um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so how, did this, how does this affect um uh your your plans to open a third venue uh it was definitely it completely changed I guess like for us we looked at what we would open so mm -hmm. like Brighton having outdoor seating being a little bit smaller our landlord in Brighton is the council so mm -hmm. The benefit is you've got a government subsidiary that has loads of money. So say when the lockdown happened, they're not that they're going to be way more amiable to rent deferrals than a private landlord. So we did start to look at changing like, OK, like what is a good space for us to open? It's probably not that big, like it should have some sort of outside. It's definitely shifted. Like, what would you open? I think being a lot more residential so that you could do um like more like day-to-day -day coffee like i think it, it would need to be less of a hub which is what we've always been i guess originally and more of a like i guess like a branded space so that people would know it and be like cool we'll get our coffee from there i think that's that's kind of what we're looking at um obviously it's probably a good time to be looking now that the landlords are way more kind of please open something um so i think it's it's probably delayed things a little bit um our plan is i think that whole like just try not to lose a lot of money and exist for a bit and just see because it could go you could be packed and like brighton might make a fortune and everyone will come out drinking coffee and stuff or like now everyone's got used to the sort of work from home and have more disposable income like does it shift where yeah i think you will we know we'll probably see a lot less of those like you'd have less of those big launch events probably and more mm. like we could demo stuff but it might just be there's a board game playable for a month rather than hey everyone pile in and let's celebrate this game launch i think um yeah it'll be interesting so it's probably delayed master plans and yeah i mean for the lockdown we just tried to get rid of all the like subscriptions little bits we had that you forget I think the things that like take along so it's been from that perspective it's been useful and then like kind of having a break was good um and yeah it's meant we've looked at this the website thing I talked about that weirdly came around from a covid grant so coast capital announced it was basically a free pot of money was how could you develop your business to adapt so there's things like that that we never would have spent this money on a website yeah like had this not happened so it's one of those things that if you're like looking for things and i guess yeah making the most of it that's 
where like it's been a good thing that you could kind of reassess look at things and yeah it's meant we've built this website and even though with the grant we don't get any of the money it like pinballs between it's sort of when would we have ever spent that much money on a new web like never so we'll see like if the world doesn't end we'll be like oh it's kind of there's some positives from it so you just kind of see what happens use it um and probably never speak of 2020 <laughs> again in a few years time that's yeah the workaround but um, yeah. well this is good i mean you know this is this is a great uh little time capsule isn't it yeah it's been and how did like, people who ran bars feel in 2020 yeah i think <laughs> like and, and i think everything like games i know obviously game like that went up but then it's still that problem of like big games are selling better but like it's more difficult it's those like different people will do really well out of it i think others it's just seeing what you need to change so yeah, yeah i think there's a lot more like the whole move to online events those things will still exist like we've done bits of streaming so i think it's kind of exciting to see like what other things will pop up around that um and people have been able to work from home for ages so i think that's so quite is, there, nice. is there something that um sort of uh people who love loading bar and have a great experience of it is there do you have a message for them is there something that they can uh do or look to do in future that might be helpful uh in a couple of weeks go on the website there's yeah. um we're just going the plan with that is there's no google ads or anything because i think it makes designers look terrible and everyone has ad blocker um but the plan with that is yeah we've we've like put all this content on it and the idea is i think for the first few months just like get it to grow um our website which is just like a listing one at the moment still does quite well for weird reasons i can't explain traffic wise so, um that's kind of the plan we avoided doing a lot of the just because again we didn't know so the kind of like gofundmes and all the because there was like a we might open we might you know it might be tomorrow you might be it didn't seem like it would make any sense for us because it's like whatever you do it will shift tomorrow so um yeah um there's no like super call to action just i don't know yeah. save some money um <laughs> and yeah like obviously where yeah, when that website launches my main push will be like getting people to read the stuff that's on that and we've got as part of that budget there was freelance writers um so we've kind of tried to gather together interesting stories and not make them time related so i'm deliberately trying to avoid commissioning any like nothing covid based no mm -hmm. like oh well you're in lockdown we're just gonna pretend that didn't happen um and yeah, I think as far as reopening, we just kind of push the message of what works for our audience. So there's no like, you need to come down. Like, cool, if, you're, if you need to isolate and do things like stick with that. Um, that's definitely the best thing to do. So um, That's great. That's a really, uh, that's a really responsible message. And I think, you ask know. Me again in two, ask me again in two weeks when it's on fire. <laughs> like, please come and spend money. But, um, yeah, I think it's like what works for people and that seems to be i think that's where a lot of stuff as far as just with the lockdown taking so long like once it happened it made a massive difference pretty much everyone found a way to work i think the weeks before were just a bit um and still with the reopening like it's very where it's up in the air is like just wait and do do what works i think rather than yeah like, well, that's great i mean you know loading bar is is uh how am i going to say this without saying loading bar is a state of mind not a place i'm not going to say <laughs> that's cringe uh but it is a community right 
or you know it's it's a community it's a concept i think it can it can live and thrive yeah yeah it's done other stuff so i think that whole like if yeah like i don't know the apocalypse now like if we had to shut you've got like those bounce back loan schemes so the whole if you're not financially terrible like you can get these loans so we already looked at those and there's scope like we would definitely be able to use those for us it was about if we use that like use it to do something so i think our main concern is you don't want to take those loans and then just like stay open for three months when you could say take that money and like okay wait and like open something open something new in six months time so i think um for most places like there's a few different grants and like it's just about being savvy with them and i guess yeah not for for the bar as such like yeah for me if we can do like whatever it may be um like online events or other stuff i think yeah if the priority was i guess to give people in games somewhere to like show their stuff off that can still be done in other ways so um yeah yeah definitely um well that's awesome so what uh what's the website address and what are the uh, social media links should people cool. be following? yeah website is loading.bar um we paid for that url so it's dot bar which doesn't work on like <laughs> whenever you do google web forms and stuff it never recognizes it for spam catching so it'll be like that's not an email because all our emails are <laughs> loading dot bar so um i don't recommend getting vanity URLs. Uh, yeah they um, did, they, if mad. you want them to work but yeah loading dot bar and then social stuff is all uh, at drink relax play so for twitter instagram um and i think facebook is forward slash loading bar um but yeah, loan.bar website's probably the best place to go. And then that's where we're doing all our like updates when things will open. Um, and yeah, bars will be open from the 4th in like a very minimal way. So if people are going completely crazy, they can come get like a takeaway coffee and check stuff out and sit in a different location. But um, otherwise, yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you for speaking to us today. Uh, I've been Rose Tuffin. This is the Game Dev London podcast and uh, best of luck to Loading Bar for the future and hopefully we'll be uh, raising a glass with you again soon. Sweet. Bye. Bye. Bye.